0: Have you ever locked yourself out of something? I have. <laughs> there was a time that we locked ourselves out of our own house. Don't laugh, you were locked out too. <laughs> we had, I remember it so clearly because we had just moved into our new house. It was like a couple of weeks old, some of like that, because we got, moved late. I don't know. Who moves around Christmas time? And it was a carols event. It was the first time we were up at Shore Street Oval. And there just happened to be a power outage. And I remember sending someone back to our place to pick something up. But because there are a power outage, you couldn't get into the garage door. And we haven't quite learnt our front door. So our front door works that if the key is in the back of the door, you can't put a key in the front of the door. Uh, and we hadn't actually got around to divvying up the rest of the keys that would open up the other doors. So we were <laughs> completely locked out of our house because we left the key in the back of the door and I remember going to our house and working sitting there trying to scratch my head powers out can't get through the garage door can't get through the front door is it brick time <laughs> but who wants to put a brick through the window I mean look I gotta be honest with you it's terribly fun until you have to pay for it and being a new house the last thing I wanted to do was put a brick through the window the way seemed shut I didn't know how to get into the house and we needed to get in the house because we didn't know when the power was getting back on. This is going to be very exciting because I also needed what was inside the house to do what we needed to do. And I didn't want to break a window. But I found a way in. And it only happened after I prayed and I sought God for the answer. I said, God, I need to get in my house and I don't know how to get in my house. How do I get in the house? And an idea popped in my head. And I got in that house. And I won't tell you how I got in the house. There's lots of different ways you can get into a house without breaking windows. But I found a way. And oftentimes we can feel that the door is shut before us and we're unable to get through. And the obstacle before us can seem too big or too great. Perhaps it's our, an occupation. We want a promotion or we want a, a new way to get through or to create money. Perhaps it's a financial situation that we need a breakthrough in. Perhaps it's a relationship, whatever it might look like, etc., etc., etc. Because it can be like anything. Perhaps you need a new bike, and you don't have a new bike, and you need something. and you, So you have an obstacle before us, and you need a way through. Now, to tell you the truth, most people, when they come up to an obstacle before them, this is their quitting point. Most people will quit. Most people will give up. Now, I've tried to look at this and and, and try and wonder why. Why is it that we give up so easily when our obstacle is right before us? Perhaps it's thinking that the way seems shut, so because the way seems shut, it mustn't be the right way. But I want you to hold this thought. What if the way seemed shut because God's planned for you Was through. And quitting or walking away from the obstacle will rob you from walking on the desired path that God has. A couple of thousand years ago, there was a young girl. And I mean young. And she was thought to be only 14 or 15 from from what we understand from history and culture. And she faced an obstacle or many obstacles. And she faced obstacle after obstacle. Now, if you don't know quite who I'm um, talking about, I'm talking about Mary. And Mary's story is so crazy, and sometimes we can glass over the words that are written down, but Mary is this 14 or 15-year-old young girl, and she's approached by an angel, which is scary enough as it is. And she is told that she will carry a child. And will be a saviour of all mankind. And she asks the angels, how can I do that when I don't have a husband? Meaning, how can I bear a child if I've never been with anyone? And she is answered by the, by the angel, you will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. But the reason why she is chosen is actually quite interesting. Luke 1.28 says, And coming in, he said to her, the angel says, Greetings, O favoured one. The Lord is with you. Mary was young. She's unmarried. And for Mary to be pregnant and unmarried in those times would have given cause for the people or the men of the city to stone her, to kill her. It was seen as a great injustice or a great... Uh, Great crime against the law to be unmarried and to be pregnant. Or to be pregnant out of wedlock. But what God was calling Mary to do was to trust him beyond the circumstances. Beyond reason. He was basically saying, Mary, I need you to trust me to walk in the ways that I have for you. To go through every obstacle that is before you. The angel even visits Joseph who's actually betrothed or engaged to Mary. And we understand that Joseph is around 40. This is a cultural concept, so it might seem gross to some people. But if you want to understand the age of 14 or 15, that's Amara's age, right? Oh, 15, 16, around that age. She's a little bit older. Not that that's going to happen. <laughs> I can just see John. Someone dies. No, I'm kidding <laughs> but we're talking about a cult, different culture, 2,000 years ago. And Joseph comes into this whole point, he's, he's just been told that his, his engaged bride-to-be is pregnant, and it wasn't his. Now at this point in time, there's, how do you put this? He is within reason to not only leave her, but to go tell the town folk and to stone her. And if he runs to the officials, he's completely justified. But our God asks him to trust him as well. And then God calls him to a place called Bethlehem. And they travel to Bethlehem and Mary is heavily pregnant by this stage. We've had a few babies lately, you know, heavily pregnant and she's riding on the back of the donkey, not these, not these latest ones with the latest wishbone suspension, computerized hydraulic suspension systems. It's a plain old donkey. And it's not like it's 15 minutes down the road. It's like a day's walk on the back of a donkey. And when they get to Bethlehem, there's no room. Now, funny enough, they're called to Bethlehem because they're doing a census. And the reason why they're doing a sense is a naughty old Herod, in order to become King Herod, he removed all censor information, all lineage information. He destroyed all the records of all the lineages so he could be king. And the reason why they had to go back to Bethlehem is they had to reestablish the lineage. And so they went back to their town of birth in order to write down all the information so they could uh, retrace the lineages and the genealogies. And when they get to Bethlehem, there's no room. But this is where it gets really interesting. Now, I don't know how you feel, but we have always made room for family. When family comes to visit, we make room. My brother and, and his wife is supposed to be coming down the next couple of weeks. And we make room. And if anyone comes from my family or anyone comes who's connected to us or has a relationship, we always make room. We'll make room at our table. We'll make room for you to sleep. We have different resources to do things. But we have always had this concept that we make room for family. And now you've got family going all the way back to Bethlehem and they're going back to the place of their family lineage. So there is family in Bethlehem. And it doesn't go into a lot of context, but I can assure you that when they turned up, the reason why there was no room was not because there was no room. It's because of the law. Mary turns up, she's heavily pregnant, and they know, because they were never invited to the wedding, that Joseph and Mary are not married. And so out of law... And out of cultural standing, they can't accept her into the place because then they are condoning what they've just seen. They don't understand that Mary is conceived by the Holy Spirit. They don't understand that God has called them. They are just looking at what they can see. So they're sent to the stable. They're sent to the garage. They're sent where the horses and the sheep, where every other family has turned up and travelled with, they've sent all their animals to. And it's dusty and smelly and stinks. You've got to sit on the seats. But when God calls you, it doesn't mean that all the doors will open. And it doesn't mean that all the doors will be opened. Only the right ones at the right time. But what's needed when God calls you is trust. Trust. Mary and Joseph end up having the Messiah, the promised one, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, in a stable full of animals. Which is hard to comprehend because can you imagine that if God calls you and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you, you called your purpose, and I want you to go in this direction and this, this, and this, and you are going to bear the Messiah, the King of Kings. And so in our minds, naturally, we probably think that all the doors should then naturally open. Magically walk through every single obstacle that's before us. Actually, there shouldn't be any obstacles. Everything should just part. Because we're supposed to be carrying the promise. But that's not always how it works. The obstacles don't magically get moved out of your way. When God calls you, it doesn't mean the doors will naturally open like that. It means that we need trust. So when God opens the right doors at the right times, we can move. Because sometimes what we actually want is we want life to be easy. And it's not. And the reason why we want life to be easy because that's how we're sort of programmed and that's what we see on television and that's what we see on the movies and that's what we see or read in the fairy tales. and That's what life is portrayed in the rich and the famous on social media. I started watching a movie yesterday and, and I was sitting there trying to work out if it's parody or not. You know, I've come to the conclusion that it is. But it says, uh, the movie's called Don't Look Up. And it's filled with all these uh, top-grade actors and stuff, but it's a decent parody. And it's all about the, the consciousness of social media and how there can be something major that's about to happen and how social media becomes more important in our lives. We want life to be easy, but it's not. And life is never meant to be easy. It's never promised to be easy, it's never written in the Bible, it's never God says, and thou shalt come to me, and it shall be easy. The truth is, we're actually supposed to consider it all joy when we when we face trials. Because the trials develop who we are meant to be. And the real question that needs to be asked, or we need to ask ourselves, is do we really want to be better? What am I willing to do or willing to go through to be more like Him? The truth is, there is no such thing as a shut door to God. It's all about timing. And when God wants it to be open, guess what people? It will be opened. When the children of Israel left Egypt, God led them out into the wilderness And they led them to a place in this valley right next to the Red Sea. And as they were chilling out at the Red Sea, the Egyptians rose up and they jumped in their chariots and started to chase them down. And as the Israelites were chilling out next to the Red Sea, they could see the Egyptians coming in their chariots. Now in those days, the chariots were the most top-grade war-fighting machine chariots you use to run over your enemy and the Israelites became scared and frightened thinking oh no we're trapped there's no way of escaping chariots because they move a little bit faster than we can on foot and the whole process of when God took them out of Egypt was God led them every step of the way by the day he led them by a cloud And by night, he led them by a pillar of fire. And God always looks to lead us and direct us. But oftentimes, we come to places where we need to rest and stop before we proceed. Sometimes we need to learn how to fight. And it's not always with our fists. Sometimes it's on our knees. And the misunderstanding comes when we don't understand how we're actually supposed to fight through the obstacle. The Lord always goes before us. And when we put God in the place that he deserves, it be right in front of us. He leads our way. And oftentimes we can fight to be in the lead. This is almost this tussle between ourselves and God. Look, oh no, I'm ready to lead. But that's not how it works. We push past God to lead and get ourselves in the way. But God wants us to trust and to be led by Him. And when we push past Him, He waits quietly, waiting for us to let Him lead again, placing our hands on His shoulders, following directly after Him. It's why Jesus, when He called His disciples, He said, Come, follow me. Following is a call to trust to walk in the footsteps of Jesus when we're following him. And there is no way, no way if you are following him that you can ever take over. And when you're following him, he will always, always be in front of us and never, ever leave us. And when the Pharaoh began to draw near, the children of Israel looked and they became scared and frightened. And then they began to think back on what they had in Egypt. Maybe we should go back, we should give ourselves up. Maybe we should surrender because we had we had food there and we won't die there. They'll keep us alive because we're building Egypt. But Moses responds after the Israelites become scared. He says, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord which will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you will never see again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Fear will always break down our faith. Always. God opens doors where there wasn't one. And when the Israelites saw their enemies, they became frightened. Fear began to grow. But God saw an opportunity to show the world, to show his people who he is and what he's capable of doing. And if you know the story, God parts the waters of the Red Sea. And the Bible says that the Israelites walked on dry land. The ground was dry underneath their foot. And as they passed through the other side, the Egyptians began to give chase, all part of the plan. And then God closes the water back over the Egyptians and wipes them out. See, when we're walking in God's footsteps, when we're trusting him, we walk on dry ground. When Peter trusted Jesus, he walked on water. You will defy belief when you trust, both yours and others. No door is shut to God, but there are times that God shuts the door, simply because he wants you to keep your focus on him simply because he wants to build and develop trust, because it is all about relationship. Christmas is a time when the doors are meant to be open, but not the doors of access point other than your heart. On the night that Jesus was born in humble surroundings, there was an invitation to all, and no one was exempt. An invitation to trust. He visited the shepherds in the fields, And they trusted what the angel said to them. They visited the wise men of the Magis and trusted, and they trusted and read and traveled a far distance to meet him. The shepherds came and the kings came, and they both saw Jesus. They both trusted and they both got to see what God was doing. In 2022, it's crazy that we're saying that now. It'll be a great opportunity to trust God. To not be concerned what is happening around us, but to hear the voice of God and to trust in Him. To not waver to the left or to the right, but trust in Him even when it seems like the door is shut. Because He will always, always make a way. I am excited about next year. Are you excited? Because I know of the possibilities of that God can do. Because of the journeys that we've already been going on and because I know what God can bring. But what God needs from us is trust. Where the door seems shut, God can make a way. We're going to pray when we close the meeting because it's only a little hour short meeting. And we, we pray that you have a great week and that your new year is full of joy and blessing and that you have lots of fun and... I don't know if you've seen the New Year in. uh, Most of us go to sleep before then. We're old now, aren't we? (laughs) But I I hope you have a great New Year and we will see you all next Sunday. Uh, We we will be around. We're having a bit of a lighter week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, Catching up with family, chilling out, seeing a few babies. Um, But if you need us, we are always around. Look after yourselves. Keep safe. But I'll pray and we'll close the meeting. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are greater than any obstacle that is before us. That you can unlock the most locked door. That you can make a way in the wilderness and bring rivers in the desert. Father, we thank you that you are more than enough and more than able. We speak your blessings upon your people. And Father, we won't be discouraged when it seems like the door is shut, but we will look and pray and seek your face until the door is opened to move through. Bless your people, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.